This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Billy Mully and today I'm joined by former Luton Town defender who went on to enjoy Premier League experience with West Brom and Norwich City and also now a founder of his own football academy, of course, Leon Barnett. Leon, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast today and how are you getting on? Yeah, all good, mate. All good, um, especially after uh, Luton's <laughs> score at the end uh, at the weekend. Obviously winning that last minute goal 3-2 so yeah a little bit happier this Monday morning yeah as you say it was a, a brilliant weekend for, for Luton fans and yeah good to good to hear that you were you were watching and, and seeing it all sort of come through of course what I was going to say is today that we're going to start by talking about your career as a Luton Town player starting with the academy and then going on for a couple of seasons with the first team so I'm going by Wikipedia with this first question that you joined the academy age 13 and then going on to your, your senior debut age 16. So it was quite a massive rise from, from joining the club as a young player and within sort of three years later, you, you're playing at first team level. Yeah, massively. Obviously, I've, I've never really looked at it at that sort of level, but I, I remember coming into the club sort of on trial at 13, not really knowing what to expect really. And then when I, when I did get there, I think a lot of the players that were already signed, they sort of were so much more better than me, like technically a lot better than me, sort of physically. Um, and I had a bit more football knowledge than I did. I think I was sort of kind of raw, didn't really understand the game as much, but just used my strength uh, to get through, get through the season. But yeah, it was um, very intense. I was quite excited. Um, and then over the years, I've sort of progressed, and yeah, I think the rest is history. Exactly that. And then going on loan to Aylesbury United during the, the 2004-2005 season. I think that's step seven of the, the English pyramid. And then coming back to play championship football, I think it was 20 games. So how 
big was that step and, and did you feel ready say by the end of that that spell with Aylesbury um, yeah well I sort of not bullied into it but I didn't really want to go to start off with um, I think Marvin Johnson was the, the youth team manager obviously he come in just after John Moore left and he just I think he just wanted me just to toughen up a little bit and um, yeah I went there just there was no sort of pressure um, I went there just to get games get a little bit more understanding of how football's played properly um, and yeah I'd probably come back and say that uh, sort of I, I chewed on a lot of people's elbows really they were, they were big bruises a lot more bigger and physical than me um, and yeah I just was sent there to learn the more ugly side of the game I think nowadays you sort of you look at Man City and Barcelona it's all sort of nice tippy-tappy football but you know in, in League 1 and 2 and, and, and probably a little bit higher it's, it's quite direct and you have to play against these physical players that are a lot bigger and smarter than you so yeah that was a massive learning curve in, in, in my career and I think without going to sort of those leagues and not sort of get, being up a little bit I wouldn't have been the player that I was and when speaking about Aylesbury, obviously coming from a from a club that was sort of fighting League One, going into the Championship at the time, was there? Did you feel that there was a sort of expectation coming from the Aylesbury side of things, hearing that a player from Luton is coming down on loan? Uh, it might have been. I remember there was a couple of friends that I knew that were at Aylesbury, and um, after speaking to them, they were. I think the team were quite excited that I was coming in, but I was only still sort of eighteen. I was in the youth team, um, and personally, I just took it as me getting games and just sort of understanding how you play football but I don't know my expectation was literally just to enjoy myself obviously I knew I wasn't going to be there for long and I thought you know I'm, I'm training with Lewin and Aylesbury and then I've got the game um, against a sort of a more realistic sort of football um, obviously I was still playing like youth team football with, with Lewin but on a, on a Saturday as well I was playing sort of men's football which I don't know I think is a lot more progressive than it was youth team do you think that that massively helped? You know, you mentioned sort of the physical side of things at Aylesbury. Do you, do you find that going in and having that spell? Do you think that sort of bode well for your your Luton career progressing into the first team and, and beyond? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I think Luton were a team that's obviously not always playing the most prettiest football. And I don't know. I think Aylesbury were playing at a decent level. And like I said, I, I want you to be in that first team environment um, at Luton and. You know, I think I've got to sort of get used to how men play football and how sort of physical they are, and you know, I think it's a different style of football. So um, me just gaining that sort of knowledge is sort of I don't know it's it's massive for me. It's, it's it's quite positive. And when you came back, obviously you progressed very well with Luton, as I said before, twenty championship games just just upon a return and. And you know that that's the kind of time at Luton, all the financial stuff behind the behind the scenes was going on. Was there? Sort of genuine belief that that you could go on and enjoy a, a successful career, going on to the Premier League and you know playing ch- Championship football as, as a young player. You must have thought the world was your oyster, really. Um, yeah, it was tough. I'm not going to lie; it was uh, it was very difficult. Um, I think when you go into a first team environment at sort of I don't know 18, 19, it is going to quite intimidate you, know, especially the, the dressing room we had. We had some big characters, and um, yeah, I just felt that. I've just got to play my best that's all I can do um, so whether that be in training um, whether that be in pre-season I'd always sort of give my maximum and like I've said to people before when I've done talks with young, younger uh, children I've just said that I've always set myself goals so when I was obviously signed from Luton at the age of 13 I wanted to play in the youth team and, and I don't know maybe like make 10 appearances uh, in the whole year and then I'd 
gradually progress where it got to a stage where when I did sort of get my professional contract, I wanted to sort of play, I don't know, a certain amount of games or you know, play at this certain ground. And then, like I said, I've always set targets every season. And, you know, my, I remember my my end goal was to play in the Premier League. So I managed to do that. But I would always set little milestones and made it easy for myself to, to reach those targets. Certainly, and then going on to, to the rest of your career, you, you earned a Premier League move and you, you played your first Premier League game aged 22, so you're still a very young player at this point. So what was it like going into the first team environment at a Premier League club and, and still being a young player and, and going on to, to play regular Premier League football? Yeah, yeah I remember it was quite, um, quite surreal when I turned up to West Brom training ground and um, I was sort of smuggled in, in between uh, Paul Robinson who was obviously a Watford hero um, I didn't know where he knew where I was but obviously I knew what he was and where he's from and obviously I didn't know whether there was going to be a bit of a love-hate relationship there and then obviously on my left-hand side there was like John Artson which was a, a massive Luton Town fan um, played at Luton played at Arsenal which is my, my team that I supported so I remember walking into that dressing room with the big characters thinking am I going to be able to fit in this team? Um, I knew, obviously, like I said, from when I was 13, um, it was a similar sort of position and similar sort of, I don't know, moment where I knew that players around me were a lot better than what I was. And I don't know, just even sitting next to them two were sort of a big sort of stature that I could obviously just put on my CV and just try and sort of use them as a mentor, really, try and work as hard as I can, stick by them. Um, Obviously, it was great because obviously Paul Robinson was a defender um, that was someone that I'd later play on play with um, and obviously like I said he, he played at a high level he played for Watford which weren't the nicest team in the world but he's obviously played a number of games that I didn't um, then I've got sort of John Hartson um, I'd be playing sort of against him in training he's a, he's a striker um, and he's obviously one of the best sort of strikers in terms of at that level and obviously being able to use his body whereas I've been practising against sort of players in Ellsbury that used to use their body but he was a lot more sort of technical and he had a lot more attributes than, than a lot of the boys that were there. You mentioned there about John Hartson and, and being different to, to what you've ever come up against you know coming through Luton and Aylesbury did did you find he sort of took you under his wing a bit with that Luton connection did you find that you, you learnt a lot off him even though he was a striker he, he was still you know just the wisdom that he had in the game of football did you find that that helped you as well? Yeah, definitely. I think there's some of the stories that he used to come out with. And even when I was playing against him in training, he, to be honest, I remember that was the sort of time I didn't realise, but that was the sort of time where he had the the, uh, the cancer. Um, but yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was a very different animal in training. He was very nice when you speak to him on the training, um, well, in and around the training ground. Obviously, once you step over that line, he, he'd be a very fierce competitor. Um, he was very strong. Um, and then obviously, you get on the other hand, you get Kevin Phillips, that played at sort of a high level as well. Um, he was quite nippy, quite small. So, like I said, it was different types of strikers, different sort of styles. Um, and me to sort of play with them and against them in training is obviously a massive attribute to have. Obviously, when you come against other, obviously other players that in a championship that have those sort of attributes that they have, you know how to overcome it because you've played with these guys in training. After West Brom, um, another massive club that, that you played for and enjoyed success uh, with was Norwich. And yeah. you gone on to, to succeed. You, you uh, got promoted from the Championship and another Premier League opportunity arose. So 
how brilliant was it again getting that that Premier League opportunity with, with, with a club after a successful season in the Championship yeah it's fantastic that that sort of come out of nowhere really Norwich I didn't really want to go because it was sort of so far from home um, but that's obviously part and parcel of being a footballer you've got to sort of travel um, off options like that and offers don't really come around too too often um, but yeah once again Norwich was a fantastic part of the world that I still love um, still travel to every now and again um, and it was a, yeah it was a great move I was quite fortunate in terms of um, I was there when we were underestimated a lot of people thought they'd just come up from League League One into the Championship and they probably thought that we were going to go back down and I think we used that to our advantage really we sort of we didn't have any standout players. We didn't have anybody that was going to score 30 goals a season, but we did have players that sort of wanted to work for each other um, and grafted every day uh, for, for Paul Lambert. And that, that can sort of be applied to, to Luton now, a team in the Championship that say if we do get promoted, say the next three or four years, it's going to be about that togetherness, that grittiness and you know all those, those components that you've been speaking about at, at Norwich. That would have to be all in place in Luton. Yeah, of course it would. Yeah, one million percent. I think when you when you turn up to sort of Luton's training ground back then, it wasn't the greatest. And then obviously when I've gone to sort of West Brom and Norwich, their training ground, it, I don't know, as a, as a player, as a young kid, it sort of excites you. It's something that you want to be working at. It's like when you turn up to, a, a, you know, your new workplace and it's, I don't know, everything's clean, everything's tidy, the people are dressed nicely. Um, I don't know, there might be someone that's sort of done a high career it was fantastic. I I, I love my time at, at Norwich. Um, like I said, it was my, where my children were born. Um, and every now and again, I go back there. But the style of football that they played as well was, it was different compared to everybody else. Like all I was told to do is is, is sort of do what I do best. Um, and I wasn't told to sort of, I don't know, be France Beckenbauer on the ball. I was just told to keep it easy. If I win the ball, play it to my, my right back or my left back or, you know, centre midfielder. It was nothing to... Um, difficult that I can um, handle definitely and, and we have to come on to talk about it be it being uh, the Luton podcast it was the giant kill in the 2012-2013 uh, season game you, you played in so with Luton coming in as a non-league club in the fourth round of the FA Cup what were your thoughts obviously coming through the ranks at Luton and, and playing at first team level yeah, no, it was great. Obviously, I um, I didn't know that obviously we'd be playing um, against Lewin. I just thought, I don't know, that's another Epic Cup run. Uh, I'll be doing, I don't know, I don't know who he's going to play against, but I remember playing that game. Um, and I remember, well, I think we had Harry Kane at the time. I think he played, um, and, but he got taken off um, quite early on in the game. I think it was an ankle injury. I think we were nailed on to sort of be the favourites. And yeah, they came, they came and... Uh, they upset us really. I remember we had a, uh, a couple of goals that, well, actually, I think I scored a goal which was disallowed. Obviously, I think if you go back now, um, the VAR probably would have would have would have given it. But like I said, that's all in hindsight. But yeah, they they came and they, um, I think they were just looting in general. Really, I think they they always worked hard and they were one of the teams that sort of everybody underestimated and they just once again proved people wrong. Yeah, as you say, I think going back to that game, if um, VAR was in, I think there was a, a decision. I think it was on Lefaniel Rotona, a clear handful. And yeah, if VAR was there now, I think that was definitely a result, maybe that that yeah. perhaps couldn't have happened. But yeah, as you say, it was just one of those one of those days. Luton came, and you know they're they're 
non-league at, at the time and playing against a, a brilliant side in Norwich full of talent and you know the magic of it of the FA Cup a, a non-league sides and going to, to Norwich and, and winning that's sort of a one one in a thousand kind of thing happening it's just one of those days I think that will li- live long in the memory of Luton fans yeah definitely I think Luton were in the conference at the time and I think like I said they it's a different style of football compared to sort of championship football to to sort of uh, conference and I think they just upset us I think they their resilience and their sort of willingness to, to win the ball and I think when you're a, when you're a bigger team it's, it's it's very tough to it sounds so bad but it's very tough to concentrate on the smaller teams uh, you just automatically think they're a smaller team so we should be able to win but that's not always the case 100% I think the, the mindset as well obviously Luton treating it as their cup final all, all Luton players were going to be massively up for it it's the, sort of the, the biggest game of, of some of the Luton players careers I guess yeah yeah definitely like I said they, some of those players have never played against sort of those the, 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 the high sort of um, Premier League and, and Championship players so like you said every game for them in, in the Premier in the FA Cup is like Wembley you're never going to sort of get that opportunity again and I think when they came there like I said I don't know whether a couple of the boys did I underestimate Luton but it was a game that sort of, I, I know, Norwich probably should have should have won on paper. But like I said, they've they've turned up in numbers. Um, I think the crowd obviously were on our side as well, and I think that they they showed Norwich that they're not going to be a rollover. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, as I said, a, a one that I think Luton fans, I think nine years ago, it's coming up to coming up to nine years since that day. So one of the days that will will forever live in the memories of Luton fans. But going back onto your Premier League experience, you've obviously come up against some unbelievable world-class strikers, so I know it's probably hard to narrow it down to just maybe a couple of names, but are there any sort of standout ones that you can't miss on this list? Yeah, so obviously when I, when I was at Norwich, uh, we were in the Premier League and we played sort of, I don't know, the top teams, obviously the Chelsea's, the Liverpool's, Arsenal, um, and there was obviously some great players that played, such as like Drogba, Lampard, Gerrard, um, but I think the one that stands out for me was probably Luis Suarez. I think he was very, uh, I don't know, I think he was one of those strikers that I just didn't know how to handle. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I know he was sort of in top form whenever he played Norwich. I think he scored a hat trick every time, but it was just something that we could never sort of deal with. And I, yeah, I think I struggled massively. Yeah, and going back to Luis Suarez's record against Norwich, when when you see the goals as well, yeah, it's never never the fault of a defender. It's just some unbelievable goals that just seem that they can't be prevented. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think that I think the manager probably at time when you're doing a team talk can be a little bit harsh. Um, I think you've got to realise that some of the some of the teams that we're playing, even like Man United and Man City, I think they're they're, they're world class, and I think you've got to. You've got to give them credit. They're they're there for a reason. Uh, the clubs have got you know big money to, to splash the cash on on big name players like that. Um, and I think we've just got to go there and, and, and try and upset a few. Obviously, it's not going to happen week in week out. But I think we gave a good, good account of ourselves. And like I said, sometimes it didn't always work. But sometimes I think we we probably deserved a little bit more than what we did. And sometimes we did get results. But yeah, I think it is harsh. You know, I think there's a massive gap between sort of the championship and obviously. When you do move into the Premier League, you know the style of play is a lot different. And yeah, like I said, time and time again, I think Norwich done really well, but they probably didn't do enough to stay up. Yeah, I guess that the, the kind of things that we associate with Norwich that they, they seem to be a side that 
do struggle when they get into the Premier League, but when they do come back to the Championship, they they are unplayable, and I think they've proved that for for many years now that they are a side that are, are probably too good for the Championship, and and when they do get the Premier League chance, they they do give it a good go, but sometimes just come up short. Yeah, it's difficult. I don't think they're the only one. I think West Brom are similar to like that. They you know they they can really dominate the Championship, and I don't know whether it might be just that that money that you know they, they they've not got that money to spend. Uh, that that money that they've not got to spend is is like a massive sort of um, stumbling block. You, you know, you get Man City that spends sort of fifty million on a player, which is quite cheap for them. But then for Norwich, you won't see anyone going for fifty million. Um, but like I said, you've got to compete with those teams. You've got to just try and make it as hard as possible if you can't win. Hundred percent. And now looking a bit about the the end of your playing career and, and going on to the coaching. So your first role was with Northampton, coming at the end of your playing career. You were given it a, a coaching role and was it always going to be a career in football after your playing career was that always where your heart lied well in playing in, in terms of in terms of the coaching was was the coaching element always something you wanted to go on to after you after your playing career came to an end uh so no not really when i was playing i that's all i concentrated on was was just playing i didn't really want to be a coach uh my second love was property and still is um, but then, sort of, when I got when I finished my career, um, obviously it was a bit too short for my liking. I always sort of wanted to stay in the game. So whether that be sort of media coverage, or even just I don't know, coaching was something that was on the back burner. But yeah, I, I didn't think I'd want to be coaching full time. Um, but then, obviously, once I once I did get a sort of a feel of it, um, like a taste of it, then yeah, I enjoy coaching. I enjoy sort of helping others um, and just sharing my knowledge. Um, Round where we sort of are based, there's not many pros that are around here or can lean on to, to maybe give sort of experience and, and coaching. So, yeah, I just thought it'd be a great idea. Like I said, when I was younger, there was no sort of pros in and around the place that I could obviously get sort of support or get any knowledge or training from. So, you know, why not be that? Why not make that difference for that child? And is that what sort of enabled the switch from Northampton to the the creation of your own football academy? The the sort of power of the role models and, and players that have gone in and and done that before and had the experience of you know yourself playing Premier League football. Yeah, a little bit. Um, when I when I was at Northampton, it was obviously a different sort of mindset. Um, I sort of coming to the end of my career, so I, I kind of was planning what I wanted to do after after football, and you know I spoke to a few people few people I've played with um, and yeah coaching they've always mentioned you should do your coaching badges anyway so like I said I, I went and done my coaching badges and I coached a few few teams um, done one-to-one coaching um, and just yeah I, I didn't think I'd enjoy coaching as much as I did and yeah like I said I, I really enjoy it now um, and it's something that like I said I want to help others um, or I want to share the experiences that I've had, and hopefully they can have a, you know, have a good go at it. Maybe even if it means just sort of preparation, um, or even nutrition. I just want to sort of be a part of people's career, and hopefully I can build on and make a positive effect on their career. Yeah, certainly sounds excellent from from what you've you've told me as well off off air and and what I've seen on the website. It looks it looks brilliant in terms of being a young player and and perhaps not having the option of of going into an academy setting. It it seems an excellent option for for players that not not just to go on to you know their playing careers, but as you say, there learning about the nutrition side of things, learning about recovery and and all those elements that perhaps get overshadowed when when talking about academy football. 
Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I don't know, I think it's a little bit different to what it was back then. I think now there's so much sports science involved in it um, that brings out a lot of good stuff in, in players and even just like the discipline. I think the discipline for me, when I was sort of in the youth team at, at Luton Town, I had John Moore that would be sort of making sure everything's speak and span if I'm not allowed to sort of turn up late for training or even if I turn up sort of 10 seconds you know, after the time that he set, it's still late, which I still take in consideration now. And I try and, you know, share those sort of, those memories and those sort of rules that we have here. We try to make sure everybody has those sort of, you know, responsibilities and, and, and be professional at what they do. It is difficult for someone that's obviously just left school, but there's something that we want to, want to maybe give them the opportunity to maybe start a good life. So whether it be um, in sport or in football, that they can sort of build that sort of, responsibility and have and how many how many players are currently at the academy at this stage and are there any other coaches as well uh, so at the moment we just obviously do the the, the half term camps um, obviously during half term there's like three days um, where we just you know play games and it's not so much a trial it's just literally time for them to wind down so we might have some football related games a um, couple of matches and tournaments along with prizes and it's just more for those guys that you know they've been in school it's like being at work you you know you've, you've worked all day um, and when it does come to half term you can you can sort of like let your hair down um, and then obviously on the other side we've got the football education program where uh, we've got a group of sort of 16 to 18 year olds that we help build on obviously I know schools uh, teach math, science, English um, but I just don't think there's enough sort of life skills obviously when you leave school you know life skills how simple things as like how do you swim how do you write a CV how do you sort of um, handle like a job interview and they're the sort of skills that I want to sort of pass on to, to a lot of the kids I think a lot of the kids here do think that they're going to be professional footballers which is great um, and you should set your dreams as high as possible but there is that small percentage that you know do make it and then there's a, a larger percentage that don't make it so you need to sort of prepare as well that you know if it doesn't happen what if you know what is my second option what can I do afterwards what can I do to maybe stay in sport so well yeah certainly sounds sounds brilliant the work that you're doing and, and you know sort of the both sides of things having the the um sort of the fun element of it the half term camps and and then the other side of things that's preparing people for their careers it all sounds it all sounds excellent going to go on to Luton where they are now and uh, as we spoke a little bit before off air that you, you still keep your eye on Luton quite closely yeah definitely look, yeah I think like I said uh, I touched on before we was uh, in the interview I think that you know my my first love is obviously Luton this is where sort of I was brought up um, I went to school I still a lot of friends uh, my little boys play for Luton um, and yeah every now and again I do sort of media coverage with with Luton Town and obviously keeping on their results obviously it was a great result at the weekend there's nothing sweeter than scoring sort of a last minute uh, winner um, but yeah I always sort of keep out on their score you know I, I feel like I have to um, I feel that I want to um, and I think yeah it's a club going in a great direction obviously they've got their manager settled now and you know he's sort of building a, a philosophy that the, the boys are buying into and yeah it looks positive at the moment so yeah it's a good time to be a, a Hatters fan yeah, and you mentioned it there, a manager in place in Nathan Jones signed, signed a new contract to 2027. What, what have your thoughts been on, on Nathan Jones as a, as a manager and you know, the, the sort of continued success Luton have seen under him? No, that's great. I think it's, for someone to come in that sort of, when he first came in was 
was unknown. Um, and I suppose Luton have been very loyal to him. And in a way, he has been loyal. I know he left and then came back, but he showed that he wants to be part of the Luton Town project. He's, you know, brought them through the leagues, which is fantastic. And, you know, when it, I speak to so many people um, just regarding his, his sort of that, that, that breakup he had. And I think I understand that, you know, when a team does come in, um, you do move along. So whether it be sort of to pursue your career, you want to you wanna play at your highest level. And I think that people have got to realise, you know, if there was a job offer at their workplace um, and it meant that you get a promotion, it meant that you sort of, I don't know, move up the pyramid, then you're probably going to think about it and maybe move up one. So, yeah, I understand people are a little bit frustrated of him moving on. Um, but I think it's just natural. It's part and parcel of life. And, yeah, like I said, he's... He's done more than enough for the club and it just shows now that he's a good manager and hopefully we can keep him a lot longer than uh, 2027. But um, yeah, he's brought in players that want to play for him and it's great to see. Yeah, as you say, it's a real real excitement around Kenilworth Road at the moment and you know it's, it's nine points from the playoff positions, dare we dream, with, with three games in hand. Do you, do you think that you know the playoffs is a bit too ambitious at this point or just content with, with the continued progression that Luton are under at the moment yeah I think you've got to be uh, you've got to be realistic and, and, and just focus on the next game I think all the players and the manager and coaching staff will say the exact same thing I think you've just got to try and play every game as it as it is um, I understand Luton want to be in the playoffs or even want to be in the Premier League but like again you've got to be realistic you've got to just concentrate on the next game um, like I said it's fantastic to see them in the Championship and I think over the last couple of years they've established themselves and I think you, yeah just get set a milestone you know this year this is where we're going to finish and gradually just keep building it but I don't see why they couldn't be in the playoffs um, when you look at the teams that are in the playoffs they are strong a lot of the teams in the in the, in the championship have played in the Premier League so a lot bigger club than, than what Luton Town are but you know like we saw on Saturday Luton Town are upsetting a lot of clubs now that especially the clubs that have been in the, in the Premier League like Bournemouth you know they, they, they've gone toe to toe with them and probably should have scored one more extra goal which you know was a little bit dubious but um, yeah I think Luton have done done a great job over the last couple of years in the Championship and yeah I'd love to see him in the Premier League it would be great but um, yeah I think you've got to be realistic and just play every game as, as, as it comes Yeah as you say I don't think anybody at Luton at least Nathan Jones will be you know, too excited. I think he showed his, his true emotion on on Saturday. But as as you say, as as a lot of coaches will say, it's it, it's all about taking each game as it comes. And if after forty five games with one game left, Luton are in for a shout, I'm sure that that's when the excitement might build. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know what? I think it is nice to see a uh, a manager that cares. I think you know, nowadays you see someone that sort of wins a game, claps fans, and gets down the tunnel as quick as they, as they can. But I think nothing. I don't know I just think with his celebrations after the game um, just his relationship always speaking to the media um, what he's done for the club coming back I think he's been through so much as a coach and I don't know when they do and you see his true colours you know his knee sliding which is great you wouldn't see me doing that but um, <laughs> he's obviously doing it in his suit his tracksuit whatever and he just shows the passion that he's got which is great so yeah fair play to him I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen a knee slide from so high up. He's, he's got some distance and some height to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what I mean. So I'm sure he'll be feeling sore uh, this Monday morning, but like I said, it's all worth it. Yeah, definitely. No um, no joining in with training, I, I can't imagine this week. 
Well, thank you very much, Leon, for, for joining me today. It's, it's been great to speak about your career, about going on to your coaching career and, and Luton now. It's, as we said, quite an exciting time for us Luton fans. Cheers, Billy. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.